matter what word you put in here, these stay the same. For instance, doulos, that's slave, the singular, plural. Look at that, doulos. Your turn. <laughs> Dulu, dulo, dulan, dule. All these are the same. The sigma, upsilon, iota subscript under the, the omega, the nu, and the epsilon. That's all the same as, well, we'll just flip back here. Look at that. Exactly the same. It's because they're both second declension masculine nouns. Same way with duloi, dulon, dulois, dulus, and duloi. And I think both of those are in your notes, but even... Uh, the, the word for God, theos, that too is a second declension masculine noun. So you have theos, theu, theo, theon, thee, theoi, theon, theois, theus, theoi. So you can just see the the uh, the beauty of this if you're trying to learn the language and the deductive methodology of, of figuring out if you know your endings you can figure out the function of a word in a sentence even if you don't even know what the word is now sometimes you'll have some of these same endings show up in other places and that but and when you get to that you basically have to have your vocabulary but we're not learning vocabulary because we just want to get how greek works so this is how it works this this is what inflections i keep talking about inflections that's what the green letters are here those are inflections and it tells you how it's used in a sentence it tells you um, whether it's singular or plural. Now an example. Ha, apostolos, pempe, pempe, ton, apostolon. We look at this, we see ha, which next week we'll learn the article. Uh, that's the, the article is the the. The apostle, but we see this sigma, we know this is the subject. The apostle sent the apostle. So whether this was Peter and this was John, uh, but, you know, it is, it's one apostle sending another apostle. Now, you could drop, as we saw in the previous guide, uh, slide, uh, theos, God. You could say the God, theos, pempe, ton, apostolon. God sent the apostle, but you can see that here's, here's the direct object and here's the subject. That's the nominative. This is accusative. Okay. Now, what this gives you is freedom to move things around. If you remember last week, we looked at the last clause of John 1.1. 1, 1, and sometimes words went before the verb. Sometimes they came after the verb. Sometimes they had the article, the. Sometimes they didn't have the article, the. And we looked at all the different ways that John could have said, and the word was God, and found that the only way that he could have said it and insinuated the Trinity was the way he said it. But he did not say it in such a way as to um, underscore any, a couple of heresies, Arianism and symbol, uh, Sibelianism. And so, thank you. So, um, those cults are wrong. John didn't write it that way. John wrote it with the idea of the Trinity. The Trinity only makes sense. How could he be God and be with God? And we only have one God, so he's not a God. God said in Isaiah... There's no God before me, neither shall there be after me until Jesus comes. No, he said, neither shall there be after me. <laughs> I alone am the Lord. So 
There's only one God. So anyway, you have a great deal of flexibility to express things. And they have, they have a thing called fronting. Uh, this is both in, in, in uh, well, in all languages, I suppose, but in, at least in Hebrew and Greek. I don't know all languages, but at least in the Hebrew and Greek, there's fronting, and that'll give you emphasis. Theos. Agapa. Tan. Cosmon. Now, that might sound a little bit like cosmos, cosmos, and that is world, uh, but this is, see that noon there, that's the accusative. This is the direct object. God loves, he loves. As I said, the verbs have a uh, person built into them. But God, he loves the world. Okay? And that's about how we'd say it in English too. God loves the world. But this, this, in this case, the subject is first. This is fronting. This is the thing that's being emphasized. God loves the world. There might be a lot of things that love the world, but God is the one being emphasized here. He loves the world. Or you can say, he loves the world God. It doesn't matter whether it's over here or over here. You can tell by this, the fact that this sigma is on the end and sigma is on the end that this is still the subject of the sentence, even if it's at the very end. Now, does the emphasis here, he loves the world God does. Uh, can you believe that? He loves the world. That's the, emphasis, the emphatic thing said this way. That's fronted. The world God, he loves. God loves. So God might love a number of things, but he loves the world. The world God loves. And so you, you can mix these up. And he loves God, the world. It doesn't matter which way you put the words, what order you put them in, you can still look at it and say, there's the subject, there's the direct object, and then, of course, you can have to learn this is a verb, this is a definite article. The definite article looks like, see, it ends the same here. Um, not all of them do, but most of them follow that kind of a pattern. You're going to find out as we get into the article next week, the article is your friend because <laughs> it will tell you a lot of things. doesn't matter which declension you're looking at. The article does not change. It's going to look there's, – there's a nominative and a genitive and a dative and an accusative article, but they never change. doesn't matter whether it's masculine or – well, I take that back. It doesn't matter whether it's masculine, feminine, or neuter, but it doesn't matter which declension the uh, noun is in, the, the – uh, if you memorize the uh, definite article, it'll it'll open up eyes. Plus, it's ingenious because they could take almost any part of speech and put an article in front of it and turn it into a noun. This is it's amazingly flexible too. We'll talk more about that next week. Okay, so let's read Greek. Last week we started here. Let's do ahead and do it again. N. R. K. Ain. Ha, lagos. Kai, ha, lagos. Ain, pros, ton, theon. Kai, theos, ain, ha, lagos. In the beginning, this is a feminine noun, and so it doesn't match the rest of them. However, Logos is a second declension masculine noun. So we see nominative, nominative, and we still have it over here. Nominative and nominative. And here we see accusative, article, accusative, God. And here we have 
nominative and nominative again. And this is the predicate nominative I was talking about. Okay? Hutos. Ain. In. Arche. Pros. Ton. Theon. Hutos is a demonstrative pronoun, but that's what I mentioned a little bit earlier. Pronouns follow the same things. Here it is. This is nominative right there. And this is a near demonstrative. It's saying this one. Now, most of your translations probably say he. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, but this is not he, this this one. And so he is okay. Most translations have he, but Greek is even more so. It's saying this one. The word was in the beginning. The word was with God. The word was God. This one, this word right that I'm talking about here, this one was with God in the beginning. Okay? Panta. Di. That's an apostrophe. There's a letter missing. It's actually di-a is uh, the word. It means it's a preposition. It either means through or on account of, depending upon the word that goes with it. In this case, since this is genitive, remember we saw u ending. This is a pronoun, uh, so this would be dia, and this would, and we translate it through all things. Since this is neuter, all things through. Okay, out to, out to, aginata, kai, choris, out to, aginata, ude. Hen, notice the rough breathing, hen, ha, giganin, all through, all things through him became, and without him became not one thing which became. (laughs) If it became, he became it. (laughs) He's the one who, who made it. He made all things. Therefore, he himself was not made because he is not one of the things. He made all things. And if it was, if it's made, he made it. So he, he didn't create himself, and nor was he ever created. Okay? N. Auto. Notice here, this is a omega with an iota subscript. <clears throat> this is a dative. Okay? Zoe. Ain. Kai. Hey. Zoe. Ain. Ta. Phos, tone, anthropon. In him, life. Now, life is a feminine noun, and so it, follow, it doesn't follow the same pattern as the second declension. This would be a first declension noun. And then light, over here, phos, sigma is not a vowel. So it's uh, going to be third declension. So we don't, we haven't looked at that. That's why these look different. They're nouns, but they look different. As opposed to tone anthropone, well, that's the genitive plural, okay? In him, life was. And remember, this life, ain, we saw it back on the first page a lot here. In our ain, halogus, that is continual existence in the past, a linear existence in the past, Okay. And so in him, life was. Life was in him continually in the past. And the life was the light of men, men plural, because this is genitive plural. 
Kai. Ta. Fos. N. Te. Skatia. Fine. Kai. He. Skatia. Alta. U. Katelevan. And the word in the darkness, he shines. And the darkness, it not hold down or overcome or something. It's a, this is actually a compound word, and this is to hold, uh, and, and this is down. So uh, the darkness can't deal with it anyway. Scotia is darkness. Okay. Aginata. Anthropos. Apostolmenos. Apostolmenos. Para. Theu. Notice this is genitive here. We've seen theon and theos, but it's theu. This is genitive. Anima. Auto. Ioannes. Yeah. Uh, ah has the emphasis, Ioannes. And uh, you can't have multiple vowels in a syllable. Every vowel has to have a separate syllable. And so that's John. Now, we were talking about this in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and life was in Him. We've, it's ain, 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 and it's been referring to uh, continual action in the past. Now, a lot of times in translation, it'll say was, which is okay. That's what it is in all those cases. And then you come to verse 6 and it says, there was a man sent from God. His name was John. Well, that was is not the same as the other was. This is there came to be. There came to be a man sent, having been sent from God, from of God, that's a genitive, a name to him, John. So anyway, just a little bit of a taste of the inflections, what to look for. You can see um, at least some of them that are second, second declension masculine. You can see those show up here, like here and other places. Um, but that you can see how inflection works, and therefore you can have emphasis made by changing the word order. All right. And we're doing great on time. This is good. As I said earlier on, there are a number of uses for case. It isn't always this is the subject. Most of the time it is. Or this is possessive. Most of the time it is. Or a direct object or indirect object. Um, most of the time those are true. But when it comes to certain things, uh, some of the precision that we see in Greek, if I told you I worked, well, let's just go back and look at this. If I said I worked last night, okay, you don't know what that means. Did I, does that mean I worked all night long? Does that mean I had to get up in the middle of the night? I went into work and I was there 15, 20 minutes, half hour, and then I went back home. Uh, does it mean that I worked for at a specific time in the night or anything? And in English, we don't have any way to to define that. Um, we don't know whether I worked all night or just during the night or, or that point of time of the night. But in Greek, if we said this in Greek, the, the case of the noun night would indicate what I meant. If I said nuktos, nuktos, that's genitive. This is a third, since it, since it ends with a tau, it's, it's not the... Uh, this is a third declension. It's not a vowel. Anyway, if I said it 
with a genitive, it would mean during the night. It just means it, would, it happened to be night while I was working. It doesn't really tell you when or anything else about it. If it was dative, you said nukti, it would mean at a point of time in the night. It might have been 2 o'clock in the morning at the point of time. If I said nukta, it would mean for the duration of the night. And so the case will tell you, it'll answer any of those questions. Did you work all night? We're going to look at some examples of this. Again, some of the purpose of this is to show you the the incredible precision and flexibility of the Greek Greek language. Um, In a personal conversation with my professor, Dr. Henshaw, back in 1980, he said, if everybody, if all Christians read Greek, there'd probably be fewer denominations because there'd be less quibbling over some things. Now, we'd still find things to quibble about, and people will still come to the Greek text with tinted glasses, whatever their background is, and they'll read that with tinted glasses. Uh, We want to try to read it uh, with untinted glasses being objective, not subjective. Objective, looking at it, what does the text say, not subjective, reading something into the text that it doesn't actually say. Do we ever? Well, yeah, I do. Like, for instance, if I was translating, there's a number of places in the New Testament where Jesus is called God, directly called God. There are, and most of them are rock solid. That's just the way it is. Jesus is called God, period. There's two that I can think of right off the top of my head. One is in Acts 28 no, 2028, Acts 2028, and the other one is Romans 9.5. The one in Acts 2028 is when Paul called the elders from Miletus to come down to meet him because he didn't want to go all the way to Ephesus, and he talked to the elders of Ephesus. He said uh, that they were to shepherd and oversee the church of God that he bought with his own blood. And so that's how I would translate it, the church that he bought with his own blood. When did God shed blood? Well, Jesus did. Now, it's possible to translate that uh, God bought the church with the blood of his own. And so, oh, with his own being referring to his son. So when I translate it, I would still say he bought it with his own blood because most of the time in the Bible, when you come to something like that, it's referring to the deity of Christ. Um, But you're not wrong if you translate it, he bought it, the church with the blood of his own. You can do that. That's one example. <clears throat> the second example, Romans 9.5, it talks about the Jews. They have the oracles, they have the law, uh, from whom the Jewish from the Jewish people, from whom comes the Christ who is God over all, blessed forever. It's also possible to translate that. Um, from them come the Christ, um, and God is blessed forever, and separate Jesus or separate the Christ from from last statement but those are the only two that I can think of like say most of the other places where Jesus is called God it's rock solid you can't do it any other way so so sometimes I will translate it that way because that's how I understand it to be you know so we want to refrain but here again I can tell you objectively that it could be translated either way and I say this is the way I would translate it going ahead and accrediting to Christ as lawful deity because that's attested in a number of other scriptures. Um, but anyway, uh, people will um, not always see eye to eye on it, even in Greek. But uh, 
there is a lot of precision in Greek, and it can cut down on some of the ambiguity. So going back to this thing about night, length of the night and everything, and how, we, uh, how the, you have a nuance of time in these, three, in these three cases. Now, if you said the night was long and dark, uh, in that case, the, the night is the subject of the sentence, and you know, there's no, no nuance of when anything happened. It's just it's making a statement about what kind of a night it was. Um, so, uh, so it's basically just referring to the genitive, dative, and accusative cases in this for this function in Greek. Genitive shows the time during or within. Uh, John three two this is the first Nick at night when Nicodemus came to. I know you've all heard that before. I know Tom had just said that when he <laughs> the, the first Nick at night. So. John 3, 2, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Okay. When he said by night, this man came to Jesus by night. This is genitive. It's just when he came to Jesus, it was night. It doesn't tell us anything about when or at what point in time or anything else or even for how long. It's just it happened at night. Okay. If John had used the dative, here, instead, the point would have been that Nicodemus came at us as a particular point in the night. However, the emphasis, or if it was accusative, I don't have that on here, but if this was accusative, it would indicate that Nicodemus was with Jesus all night, the whole night. The emphasis is on the kind of time in which he came to see the Lord. So that's what we have, the kind of time. Well, the kind of time was night. Luke 18:12. <clears throat> this is the prayer of the Pharisee where he prayed to himself and said, I fast twice a week. I gave tithes of all I possess. Week is, is genitive. It doesn't mean he fasted all week. It doesn't mean that he, it doesn't tell us he fasted on, you know, Tuesday and Thursday or anything. That, that doesn't tell us this. It just says that it was some point during the week he fasted twice. First Thessalonians 2.9. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we might not be burdened to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God night and day. Did Paul work 24 hours a day, night and day? That's not what this is saying. It's They work sometimes it was daytime. They work sometimes while it was nighttime. Uh, the type of time is what's being uh, given here. Dative. We're going to switch now. Dative is... Indicates a point in time, time when. Matthew 17:23, and they will kill him, and the third day he will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. The third day is referring to a specific point in time on the third day. At a point in time on the third, it's not going to take a whole day, the whole third day to get him raised. And it's uh, not just saying that it's going to be daytime. When it happens, it's saying there's a point in time where he's going to get up and walk out. And in fact, every occurrence of the third day with reference to Jesus' resurrection in the Gospels is put in the dative. It's at a point in time on the third day that he will be raised. Luke 12:20. But God said to him, this is the parable of the guy that said, what shall I do? I've, I, I've got a good crop here. I'll tear down tear down my barns and build bigger ones to store it all, and I'll sit back and relax and say to my soul, soul, you have much here. Uh, take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God's response to him, but God said to him, fool, 
this night. Not a whole night thing. Not just that it happens to be night, but there's a point in time of night. At a point in the time of the night, your soul will be required of you. Then whose will these will those things be which you have provided? A point in time of the night, your soul shall be required of you. Switching to the accusative, which refers to extent. This is pretty cool. Out of the three, I like this one the best. Matthew 26, 20 verse 6. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle. And he said, why have you been standing here idle all day? This is the parable of the guy who came and in the morning and found some guys and he hired them to go work in his field. And they did. And they came back later and found some more and sent them out to the field. Okay, it's that parable. And at the 11th hour, so the day is pretty well spent. There's one hour of work left in a day. And he went out there and he says, why have you been standing around here or standing here idle all day? The point was, it wasn't a point in time of the day. It didn't just happen to be day when they were standing. They were standing around the whole duration of the day. Okay. And we could probably pick that up in English as we read it. But in Greek, it is spelled out for us specifically. We don't have to assume anything. Matthew 4.2, when Jesus, after he was baptized, went out to, led by the Spirit into the wilderness, be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. If it had been genitive of time, it would have meant that he was fasting some point during 40 days and some point during 40 nights, but not necessarily the whole of it. But with the accusative, it says he fasted the extent of that time. He is fasting the entire 40 days and 40 nights, the extent. Matthew 28, 20. Jesus rose from the dead. He's commissioning the disciples, telling them to go into the world and teach the gospel, make disciples, teaching them all the things that he's commanded them. He says, um, teach them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Literally, it's all the days. I am with you all the days, even to the end of the age. All the days is accusative, meaning Jesus doesn't pop in once in a while or it's just have, that have to be during these days that he does show up maybe a little bit or at a particular point in time. It's none of that. For the duration, for all the days, the extent of it, he is with us. I am with you the extent of all the days, even to the end of the age. I think that's pretty cool. Fronting. Okay, that we looked at extent of time. And we are going to just look at uh, some more examples of fronting for emphasis. We've seen that the Greek language allows for nuances of emphasis because it has more flexible word order than English. One of the ways of emphasizing a word or a concept is to bring the word to the front of the sentence. This is called fronting. We saw examples last week in John 1. Um, Ephesians 2.8. This is dative, and we can tell that from the article. We have a Eota subscript there. That's an indicator of that. For by grace, I mean, you could say you have been saved by grace through faith, but this is emphasized, and we get that a little bit in our English translation. By grace you have been saved. That's emphasizing grace. It's by grace you have been saved, not by works. Uh, and that, <clears throat> that not of yourselves, is the gift of God, okay? Um, you could say you have been saved by grace, but this picks up the emphasis. 
by grace, for by grace you have been saved. Emphasis by putting it at the front. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. we got the no, but the no is way over here. No, therefore, now, condemnation. So, and it's actually a, a compound word, not one. Not one. There is not one condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, I think that's pretty cool too. There is not one condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's pretty sweet. Matthew 7.22. Uh, a couple of things in this one, but uh, fronting and also repetition. We see fronting and repetition here for emphasis. I've got it bolded here. Toe, so, anamati. Okay? And over here, toe, so, anamati. Down here, toe, so, anamati. Many will say to me, this is the New King James Version, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Um, the New American Standard, many will say to me on the day, Lord did, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And we just see the, uh, the emphasis on putting that first, in your name, and in your name, and in your name, um, we see that emphasis. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. <clears throat> nothing. Be anxious for nothing. In, in Greek, it's the same thing we looked at earlier. This is the other word for no. The other one is ooh. This is may. May den is still not one. Not one. Be anxious. <laughs> so it's, uh, is it okay if I'm anxious about a little bit? No, not one. <laughs> it's emphasized first. And speaking of anxiety, this is another good one. First Peter 5, 6, and 7. New King James says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. We look at this and say, okay, here's care, and here's care. That's probably the same word. Ah, wrong answer. That's not. Looks like, for he cares for you. There's the subject. He cares is the verb for you. You're the direct object. Now let's look at what it really says. <laughs> okay. Uh, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God in order that you, um, may be lifted up in the, um, the, the acceptable time, the approved, the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Appointed. Lifted up in the appointed time, all the anxieties of you, all your anxieties, cast. This word's only used two times in the New Testament. It's used here, and it's used also in Luke whenever uh, disciples went to go get the donkey for Jesus to ride into Jerusalem. And it says they cast their clothing onto the donkey so that Jesus could sit on the donkey. 
Now, if you cast onto something like that, did they have to worry about their clothes? Did they have to worry about carrying them into town? Did they have to wonder where they were? No, they were on the donkey. The donkey was taking care of it. Same, same word here. That's the only two times this word is used. So we're supposed to cast all of our cares upon him because to him it matters concerning you. So what's the subject? Well, the subject's wrapped up in the verb here. It matters. It matters to him concerning you. But to him is fronted in this clause. To him it matters concerning you. And that just speaks a little bit more to me. This this melee, this word here is uh, the same word used when Jesus was teaching and Mary, Mary um, Martha's sister, was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to him teach. And Martha was busy getting the supper ready and she was real busy and she said, Lord, does it matter to you that she has left all the serving to me? Tell my sister to get up and help me. Does it matter to you? That's the same word. Uh, this one, melee. Uh, when the Jesus was asleep on the boat and the storm came in, the disciples were afraid that they were going to die. Well, they were guys of the sea. They were fishermen. They knew what they knew what the deal was. This wasn't something where they were just going off on a false tangent. They were in real danger. And they woke Jesus up and said, Lord, does it matter to you that we're perishing? Does it matter to you? It's used about ten times in the New Testament. But we have to him. So it's fronted. To him, it matters concerning you. Um, It was actually one of the guys in our readers group who came after I had a heart procedure. I was in the hospital there. And he brought this one to my attention to let me know that to, to him, it matters concerning me. And I was recovering from that procedure in the, in the hospital. And uh, if you're going through something, take heart in that. To him, it matters concerning you. And that tells me more than just he cares for you. Now, this is anxieties. Uh, casting, yeah, all your the anxieties of you, all the anxieties you're casting upon him. Uh, this is anxieties, um, and this is cares or matters. Does it matter? To him, it matters concerning you. All right. Nope, we won't do it again. We've gone through that a couple of times today. Uh, we did. You guys did good on that too. We don't have to go through this either. All right. Ensure that you're familiar with the alphabet. Ensure that you're familiar with the diphthongs and the diaresis and accent marks and breathing marks. If you haven't done the worksheet, does everybody get the worksheet done? The figuring out what words they were, English words written in Greek letters. Okay. Um, write notes in Greek letters and diphthongs. Yes, that's still a good practice. Um, you can read the lesson notes. Not everything is in the slides. I think, well, not everything on the slides is in the notes either, but it's good to do that. And you can practice on reading John 1. We've been through John 1, 1 through 6, so you can just practice on that because starting, I don't know, starting next week or the week after, sometime here pretty soon, I'm not going to say it and have you say it after me. I want you to say it at the same time as me. So I want you guys to practice that. And I think that's it. That is it. All right. And it's only two after eight, so we're in good shape here. Anybody have any questions?